You may take your seats. It's great to have you here with us today. Uh, we're going to be covering this topic of taking part in the games, uh, evangelizing, serving, and representing Jesus at the games. And so um, just to let you know up front, we're going to cover some practical aspects of how we can get involved, but then also some spiritual aspects. We know you come to get fed, you're hungry, uh, you want a spiritual food, so we make sure that we always dish that out. But also we want to make sure that you're practically orientated so you can take the next steps in where Jesus is wanting you to go in your development, in your walk, and how you can become, become a real influence for his glory. And as I mentioned, this is part of a wider series that we're doing here at the 230, centered around the Olympics. We're going to be looking at such topics as how to hear the voice of God for your life, how to begin to uh, step free from fear of crowds, step from fear, free from fear of failure, how to listen to the voice of the coach, your Holy Spirit, um, all of these different uh, topics which I'm sure are really going to inspire you and challenge you as you're walking with the Lord. But today we're focusing on this idea of how we can get involved, how we can bring Christ to the place where he's most needed. And I'm sure we're all aware by now that just in a couple of weeks we're going to see the world coming to our doorstep. They're going to be coming from left and right and up and down and all over the globe to come and partake in a special occasion here in London. And I wonder, what, where have you been at this uh, as we prepared for the Olympics? Have you been thinking, Olympics? What Olympics? What Olympics? Oh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm so busy at work right now. I'm planning my schedule. I'm actually planning to be working right the way through 16 hours a day just to make sure I miss all of the Olympics and miss all of the crowds. I might even set up a bed in the office because I'm just too busy to partake in the Olympics. Or thinking I can't really be bothered. You know, I just don't want to deal with these tourists that are coming into the country, making it difficult for us honest working folk who are trying to get to work. Or maybe we're thinking, I, I, I really want to be involved, but I don't know where to start. I don't know how to get involved. Or maybe even you're in a place of not being sure about your faith, and you're hearing us challenge people to step out in Christ, and you're thinking, I, I'm not sure I even know what I believe, so how am I going to go and start telling people about Jesus Christ? Now, the first point that I want to make to you is there's a, an adjustment change that needs to happen for all of us. In Kensington Temple, it's very easy to think that the standard of Christianity that we live here is the standard that's experienced all over the world. It isn't. People come to Kensington Temple and they leave charged. They come here and they go out and they're like, wow, that place, God really met with me there. I want to take that same anointing with me. There was just a young lad here joining with us in the service last week from Germany, um, thinking about the Bible school, and he was sat in the congregation, and he, his face was hilarious. I was just watching him. He's like, and I had a chat with him because I'm just, as I mentioned, recruiting people for the school. I had a chat with him during the week, and he's like, I've never experienced the presence of God like I experienced there. I didn't even know that that was possible. I didn't even know that we could meet with God in that way. I'm definitely coming to give a year of my life so that I can meet with God, so that I can hear his vision, vision for my life. See, that's an example of somebody who's passionate for God where he's come from. He's hungry for God where he's come from, but he's stepped into our environment and he's been amazed by what God is doing in our midst. And if you've just grown up here in KT or if you've, you've come in recently as a visitor and you've decided to stay on for a while, you might not be aware of the, the impact that this church carries, the, the anointing that this church carries. And my first challenge to you is this. You're a part of Kensington Temple. You're a part of the work of God through this church, what he's doing here. Get a sense of what's going on around you and start to carry it yourself. So you, you can come here and just take a download on a Sunday, your half-hour fix of the word, 
Or you can take the word, let it bear fruit in your life, take it back to your place, your home, your workplace, and begin to bring the fruit about. Take that presence of God with you and work with him to change your life. There was another gentleman who came in this morning. He said, I'm, I live in Turkey. I, I, there's no Christians there. There's no church that I can go to. I'm a teacher. I'm teaching English. But I live off the, the stream here, the, the uh, live stream that goes out every Sunday. On Sunday. I, I live off it. I just wanted to come and say thank you. You know, God is doing something great in our midst. And it would be important for us to first consider, how can I get on board? How can I begin to take part? In what God is doing here. So as we know, we're looking at this idea of being part of the Olympics, how to take part in the Olympics. And there are many ways that we can get involved, but the first thing that I want to present to you is this festival of sport. You'll have seen information on the back of the Revival Times. In just a minute, I want, the ask, I want to ask the stewards to hand out these volunteer forms, but let me explain it to you first before they do that. This is a local evangelism effort, which is happening just 10 minutes walk down the road towards Labrick Grove. There's information on the flyers and on the back of the Revival Times as well, and in the article in the Revival Times. What we're seeking to do with this festival is to provide an outlet of sport in some of the most deprived areas. Here in Notting Hill, you think it's a great area, but just next door is Labrick Grove, one of the worst drug districts in the whole of London. And you might not be aware of that if you never walk down the road, if you don't walk to the dodgy end of Portobello Road. But that is the kind of environment that is just around the corner. There are people that need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so what we're doing as a church is we're hosting an event where we're going to set up a stage in the Kensington Memorial Gardens. We're going to be presenting the gospel through sound, through song, through music, through the preaching of the word. And we're going to put on a great event for the community where we, whereby we have volleyball, football, all kinds of sports races, the egg and spoon, the three-legged, the 60-meter dash. There's going to be football. It's going to be a full day of sports, but with one purpose, of being Christ in the community. So the first thing we need for that is a load of you just to turn up to socialize. You know, so many people are always writing and saying, you know, where, where do we get to socialize? 2.30 is one of the best services to do that. Simply come and join us at the end. We have a great group of people here. They'll go for a cup of coffee with you. You get to meet a whole new group of friends and find your place here in the church. That's one of the great ways of doing it. But another great way is to partake in an event like this. Saturday, a day out by faith in the sun. We believe God. We've got two weeks to pray it in. But two, two weeks away, just a full day in the sun, picnic together, partying together, going and doing races together. And what we're going to set up is this 2.30 versus the coronet versus the community kind of scenario where we're having volleyball matches and football. It is such a great, great time. We, did, we do this regularly, a sports day in, in the park where we all gather together for the 2.30 versus coronet where we're just going to take that to the community. Um, and so that's one of the easiest ways. But we also need people who will set up, who will pack down, who will get involved in stewarding, who can serve food, who can get on the street to just hand out some of these flyers, or can uh, work with kids. We, we would need you to be CRB checked if you're working with kids. But there's plenty of ways to get involved. The stewards do have these volunteer forms. So what I would like is if you're interested to take one, because we do need as many of you involved as is possible. So just stick your hand up in the air, even if you're thinking about it, just two weeks away. Um, that's available for you. But what we're using that for is for all of you who are interested in getting involved in evangelism at the Olympics. We want to get everybody together for one big event and sign everybody up and start to assign teams so that right throughout the three-week Olympic period, we are sending out teams both locally and in Stratford and around the Olympic City every single day to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. 
We want to make sure that London is saturated with the gospel. And so what we're doing is getting people to sign up through this event and putting forward volunteers towards More Than Gold. Now, More Than Gold is the umbrella organization in London that is taking care of all of the Christian efforts, or as many as, as, as churches have signed up. And so they'll be coordinating evangelism teams and street pastors and cleanup teams, every way that the church can be, the, uh, can be Christ in their communities. So that's the way it's going to work. You're thinking, how do I get involved? Come to this festival of sport, and then you get through that avenue, get signed up to some of the events that are happening Get involved in street evangelism right throughout the Olympic Games. It really is going to be such an exciting time. I personally am looking forward to getting out as many of the evenings as I can up to three evenings a week because I want to make sure that I'm partaking personally in in bringing the gospel to the world that has come to, to meet with us. And I'm really believing God that some of those people are going to be missionaries back to their own country. They come, they get receive God, Christ, they hear the word of the Lord, and they go back and they're hungry for more and passionate for more, and they get to stir things up when they go back home. So that's some of what is available, and that's essentially the main route through which we're looking to recruit people for the Olympics. If you're interested in evangelism, no, many of you are just thinking I'm not an evangelist, we'll come to that in a second. But um, if you're interested in evangelism or getting involved and you cannot for a legitimate reason make this festival of sport, please do still let Christian Lythe know. His email address is on the bottom of the flyers um, and he will be able to get you signed up to get involved in what we're doing through the Olympics. But we wanted to take a moment for you to hear directly from some of the the, uh, church folk to kind of get a perspective on what it is like to evangelize. So we're going to welcome Francois and we're also going to welcome Marissa in just a moment. Um, But let's give them a warm welcome as they come to the platform. So everyone, this fine-looking fellow is Francois from Namibia. I guess that was Afrikaans. That's uh, good evening, or good afternoon, sorry. Good afternoon. So Francois, tell everyone, why are you excited about the Olympics? Well, first of all, this is going to be my first life experience of the Olympics live in the city where it's actually going to be hosted. And apart from that... There is going to be the whole world coming here, so that means a harvest field. So for me as an evangelist, I am very, very excited because it makes my job easy. Because the Bible says, go out into the world, make disciples of all nations, and here comes all the world here. So yeah, that's pretty sweet, isn't it? Fantastic. <laughs> and, uh, and where are you going to be evangelizing? I'm also, we, as a cell, we're going to do every Monday. And what we're going to try is like have a session in the mornings and in the evenings. Um, from my side, self, uh, from our cell, and then myself will be leading some of the cells. We're going to have from the 27th of July until the 13th, that's the period of the actual Olympics, we're going to have evening evangelists every day. So if you are interested in that, you know, just come rock up at 6 o'clock. Um, this, and that's uh, meeting here at KT? Meeting here at KT. Um, there's going to be loads of areas all over London that we're covering, but if you're interested, you can, you can come and meet up here and we can. So, so anyone can get involved? Anyone can get involved. Okay. And what preparation have you personally been doing for the evangelism that you're going to be doing? Very important. Pray. Without prayer, this is no go. We need God in this. We need His presence. We need Him to hold our hands through this. Um, fast, pray. I highly recommend that. And uh, if, you don't, if, you, if you don't feel like you, know, you, don't, you can't help but because of your work circumstances, whatever, pray for us. You know, pray for the people. We really, we need every single person to pray for us. Amen. Now, what goals have you got for evangelism? What do you want to achieve yourself? I want to see fruit. Um, what does that mean? 
You know, like, I used to, like, believe in, like, numbers. Numbers are important. But when I speak, I want to pour out love into people. Hmm. Um, you know, some people might just need someone to help them carry their suitcase because there's going to be so many people wanting directions, whatever, you know. Um, but to pour into their love, to let them know that God loves them, you know. I might be the guy that's breaking up the soil and the next guy is planting the seed. I might be the guy that's watering that seed. Or I might be the guy that's, hey, hey baby, this is my time to harvest, you know. Um, so, uh, yeah. Okay, and so you want to see fruit? Most definitely, yeah. I want to see people. I want to pour out love into people, man, you know. Okay. And so what would you say to somebody who's thinking, they're thinking maybe, Francois, I'm not really a team leader yet, but I want to get involved and uh, I'm really wanting to take my first step. What would you say to them? Is that the final yeah, question? final question. <laughs> final question there, Francois. <laughs> Friends, you might be saying, well, Francois, you're evangelist. It's, it's easy for you. You don't understand. No, I understand. I get scared. You know, I've been through situations. I look at my circumstances sometimes. I like, you know, like, I get sometimes so worried to build up in work. You know, I get the feeling of like, you know, I'm doing my best. Is that, is that not enough? I sometimes get depressed. I get lonely. I like, God, where's my wife? Where's my girlfriend? <laughs> you know, we got all these questions because we're looking at our circumstances and stuff. You know, but don't, don't let fear come beside you. Don't let that overwhelm your thoughts. There's a deception from the devil. It's easy. To be honest, it's actually fun, Gabriel. Oh, really? It's, it's fun, man. It's oh, like, wow. you don't, you know, if you're worried about, listen, I'm not, I'm not trained or anything like that. Rock up on the day. We'll put you with someone that's, that's been doing it for a while. You can come with me. You don't have to say a word. Just come with the flow and come see. It's fun. We're really having fun, man. And I, I, I hear you me. You will be encouraged. You will feel like, hey, I've got, I got something to share. You're going you're gonna to engage with somebody and you're going to like, well, hold up. You know? I've got something to tell this guy. Because most of the time, we do the less talking. They actually, the person you approach, actually talks most of the time. Mm. You know, so you need a pair of ears and listen. How hard is that? It's not hard at all, man. Thank you so much. And um, now we're going to hear from Marissa. Now, Francois leads our evangelism teams regularly as well with um, as some other people here in the service today. It's great to see those guys stepping up. But then Marissa yeah. is um, recently started uh, learning to evangelize. Yeah. What happened the... Uh, when did you start first evangelizing? Um, my cell leader um, asked us all to organize an event to reach out in the community. And then we, I organized a Wednesday evening. So we went to Westfield. Um, we prayed for people. We evangelized. And it was really a lot of fun. Yeah. Yeah. So but how did you feel that first day? Like, how were you feeling in the lead up to getting to Westfield during your first experience of evangelism? Yeah, really nervous because it is just scary. But it's actually so good because I really think it's something so powerful. And there's really a boldness coming up inside of you to reach out and to, to pray for people and just step out. Yeah. Okay. And so um, this is a question that I think all of us can relate to. How many people did not want to talk to you? They just kind of brushed you off. Yeah, loads of them, but that's okay. When, the, when you say loads, how yeah. many do you mean? Oh, just so many. But some people are just in a rush. Some people just want to go shopping, and, and that's okay. Even, even if they want a little chat, it's just about sowing seed. Yeah. Okay. And so how many have actually stopped and talked? Um, as well, a lot of them. Yeah, okay. lots of them. So now you're, you're kind of sounding like you've been evangelizing quite a few more times since yeah, that first time. Yeah, we've done it quite a few times, yeah. Every week? No, not every week. I think it's monthly, yeah. Every month? Yeah. yeah. Okay, well, yeah. That, that's an offering, isn't it? Yeah, it's awesome. Definitely. Yeah. And, um, and so how many people have you seen respond? Um, 
Actually, quite a few people, not all in salvation, but just really like, yeah, I'm hungry and there's something and I don't know what it is and just encouraging them to, to pray and to find a church and to even what we do as well, just pray before and to really uh, step into the supernatural, to have a, a word of encouragement, a prophetic word and to just step out because it's really about bringing the kingdom down and, and it's happening, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. And, and you were saying to me before that people actually want to hear what you have to say. Yeah, absolutely. They're very, yeah, I really believe they're very hungry. And I think it's nice to see people from our age or, or younger or older. It doesn't matter, but it's, um, yeah, people are really open. Yeah. Excellent. And um, so just explain a bit more. So how mm. you feel nervous getting into a conversation, maybe, maybe stopping someone for the first time or, yeah. you know, it's your first time out or your first person on that evening. How do you feel by the end of the conversation? Um, it depends how it went, but <laughs> most of all really good, and if they're open to chat, it's just, again, it's that boldness rising up, and just the love of God, what Francois said as well, it's just the love of God, and, and when you're opening yourself up to that, like, the love of God just really overflows to them, yeah. And do you end up feeling like you want to talk to the next person? Yes. And the next person? <laughs> yes. And the next person? Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. And now, what would you say to um, p people who are thinking about it? Um... I understand it's really scary and it's very much out of your comfort zone, but that's the way to learn and we all have a testimony how we met Jesus and we're, it's freely we have received and freely we give, so yeah, just come out and go for it, yeah. Excellent. Let's yeah. give Marissa a big round of applause. Now Marissa as well is one of the, uh, serves on our team here at the 2.30, it's great to see all of the different people that get involved here at the service, and if you want to get involved, do chat to Max, who gave the offering talk earlier on. But uh, Marissa brought us perfectly, it wasn't planned, it just happened, to today's message around the idea of stepping out of your comfort zone. Stepping out of your comfort zone. And there's two people that I want to look at in Scripture, one is Gideon and one is Mary. Um, and they both have great examples for us of how we can step out of our comfort zones. So the story of Gideon is, is in Judges 6, beginning at verse 11. Now the angel of the Lord came and sat under the terebinth tree, which was in Ophrah, which belonged to Joash the Abizrite, while his, son, while his son Gideon threshed wheat in the winepress in order to hide it from the Midianites. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said, The Lord is with you, you mighty man of valor. And Gideon said to him, O oh my Lord, if the Lord is with us, why then has all of this happened to us? And where are all those miracles which our fathers told us about, saying, Did not the Lord bring us up from Egypt? But now the Lord has forsaken us and delivered us into the hands of the Midianites. Then the Lord turned to him and said, Go in this might of yours, and you shall save Israel from the hand of the Midianites. Have I not sent you? And so he said to him, O oh my Lord, how can I save Israel? Indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. And the Lord said to him, surely I will be with you and you shall defeat the Midianites as one man. Two real quick things that I want to bring up about Gideon. He presents the two arguments that come to all of our minds when God introduces himself or when God challenges us to step up more. The two questions are, God, where were you when all of this was going wrong? Where were you when my family fell apart? Where were you when my parents got sick or my my brother or sister got sick? Where were you when I was in financial trouble? Where were you when I needed you the most? What were you doing? And then the second question is, and even if you were interested in me, uh, interested in being here this time, even if you were interested in making a difference, why would you use me? 
How many of you have had that kind of an argument with God? Where were you? And even if you are here, why are you interested in me? And God began to draw Gideon out of his self-pity and maybe his wrong perception of God and brought him to a place where he desired to have uh, a part in God's destiny for him. I'm just going to switch. It's just not been working well. So those two questions. But see what happened with Gideon is after God answered these questions, after God made a, a response to him, he also began to challenge him as to the call of God on his life. And his call on Gideon's life led him to a place where Gideon became a, a leader of a mighty army. And he saw the army of the Midianites put to flight. And Gideon did it with 300 men. Amen. Now many of you will know about those 300 men here in KT. <laughs> But Gideon did something powerful, but it began with him being forced to step out of his comfort zone. He had a distance from God. He was working in a wine press, hiding away, but he was doing what he could. He was feeding his family. And God came and spoke to him in that circumstance. We want to look quickly at a second lady, a first lady, but a second example. Mary. Mary, the mother of Jesus Christ here on the earth, and then the mother of his brothers and sisters as well. So... She began as a virgin, but ended as a mother. Amen. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. Then the angel, of, the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? And the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. The power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore also that holy one who is to be born will be called the Son of God. Then Mary said, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. Different story. This lady, Mary, had a greater sense of what was going on here. She understood that an angel had come to speak to her. Gideon was full of fire, talking to God. Remember that the angel of the Lord in Scripture, especially in the Old Testament, refers to the person of Christ, the pre-incarnation person of Christ. So Jesus showed up, and Gideon was like, yeah, where were you? And what have you been doing? And why do you want to use me? Whereas Mary recognizes the presence of the Lord, or recognizes the presence of the angel Gabriel. And so she hears what he has to say, and her response is, no matter, despite the fact that she was being pushed out of a place of comfort, she recognized, you know, actually something is going to happen here. I'm still a virgin. People are going to start talking. How did I get pregnant? They'll make assumptions. There's going to be, uh, how, how is it even physically possible anyway for me to get pregnant? Had a few questions, but was still willing to say to the, to the angel, yes, as you've said it, let it be in my life. But there's two interesting, well, there's an interesting parallel that I want to bring out. Is that for both of them, God began to come to them and speak to them. Have you heard the voice of God for your life? Do you know what God is planning for your life? 
You know, one of the reasons that we're able to sit quietly, perhaps, in a service or just partake on a Sunday and disappear Monday through Saturday, it's not a criticism, it's a reality, that there is a need for an encounter with God. If you've not had that encounter with God, if you've not met with God in a way which causes you to want to live for Him Monday through Saturday, you need to get on your knees and you need to hear the Word. Because the Word of God causes your priorities to line up according to His plan and according to His purposes. See, when God breaks into your life and begins to answer you questions, you have to give true answers. You know, God's presence is something to think up. It's something to think about when God comes to speak to you. It's a place where you have to begin to answer and think through, and why am I living the way I'm living? And what am I doing this for? And what am I doing that for? And what is my motivation? It's a challenging place to be. Imagine if God was to come and just start to ask you questions. Imagine if I come and ask you some questions. Who should we talk to today? Suddenly, Everybody gets nervous because they start wondering, is he going to pick me out of the congregation? <laughs> Steve's got his head down. Good to see you, Steve. <laughs> Everyone's looking away. See, it's the way it begins to work when you get put in a place where we maybe have to step outside of our comfort zone. Steve, what are you going to be doing during the Olympics? Uh, a bit of travel, opening ceremony. I'll be in Northern Ireland, so start from there and see where we go. Start from there, see where you go? Awesome. You're going to be taking part in like evangelizing, maybe? I'm going to give it a go after Francois sort of challenged me to step out. It's a bit of scary stuff, so. Excellent. So you're up for it, though? Yep. You're thinking about it? Thinking about it. Okay, at least he's thinking about it. Amen. Ngozi, are you doing anything for the Olympics? Well, I'm thinking about what you said, so I'm going to try and do something, yeah. You're going to try? I'm going to do it. <laughs> you're going to do it? Okay. Has anyone else got any plans for the Olympics? Brett, you got any plans for the Olympics? Yeah, I'm going to catch me a marlin. <laughs> you going to go fishing? fishing. Yeah, fish, fishing for men. Fishing for men? And you're going to see people come to Christ? I hope so. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. How many of you are thinking about going to the Olympics, but you're kind of scared? How many of you know you're already not going to the Olympics? Give me a big wave. Okay. It's honest. Any more, any more people back here? The reason I decided to jump off the platform is because we do need to think about, Charmaine, what are you going to be doing during the Olympics? Ah. <laughs> okay. Mm. Okay. I'm hoping to try and get involved with this because I actually feel quite guilty. I haven't made much time to do much else but concentrate on me, myself and I. So this is challenging for me. Okay. But you're not going to do it out of guilt, are you? Not out of guilt, out of um, love. Are you sure about that? Sorry. You're going to do it out of love? Of course, of course, yeah. Excellent. All right, I'm back where I belong now. It's okay, you can all breathe a sigh of relief. I didn't come to anyone over here. You guys, maybe I'll come back a, another time. If you've not got a good reason, if you've not got a good reason for the Lord, then maybe you need to start assessing the priorities that you're living with. And I don't say that to make you guilty. I say that to bring you into a reality check. 
I say that to bring you to a place where you start to assess what's going on in your life. What is preventing you from living for Christ? What is preventing you from going around boldly saying, I'm a Christian? Boldly saying, I serve Jesus Christ. Why are you shying away from it right now? Some of you might say, um, I don't know that Jesus is real. But you do know Jesus is real. You do know that Jesus has cleansed your sin. You do know that you've met, met him, had an encounter with him, which has brought you to a place that you know in some level you're walking free from sin. So come, please don't use that excuse. Please don't use an excuse of, I'm ashamed of Jesus. Because Jesus was never ashamed of you. Oh, they don't let us use the name of Christ in the office. Well, get that law changed in the office. The longer we stay quiet about Jesus Christ, the more and more restrictions are going to come our way, not less and less. The more and more we're going to be pushed back and pushed out of the place where we are called to be, which is witnessing to Christ in the world. What is preventing you? And I'd suggest to you that it's this need to meet with God yourself. If you've not met with him in a way which wipes away all of those other questions, then you need to get on your knees and meet with him. There's plenty of encounters. There's an immense encounter next weekend. The guys, if you've not signed up, you need to get there. I'm just telling you for your life. Your wife will thank you even if you're not married yet. She'll thank you when she, when she finally meets you. But if you've met her, Francois, you, you made a public declaration there, man. I'm, I... I I have feeling for you, bro. <laughs> but guys, you need to get to the encounter. I'm asking you, just these few minutes, I know that some of you are getting uncomfortable. Good. Because I'm asking you to challenge your fundamentally held beliefs. Are you living for the right thing? Are you living for God? Because everything else is going to be taken away. Everything that can be shaken will be removed. There's only one thing that's going to remain. And that's the word of God and your relationship to the word of God. You might even get shaken a bit. But what is in your life that you don't need will be shaken out. And your priority will be left. Which should be Jesus Christ. Please don't live to die to find you lived for the wrong thing. The voice of God calls you into a place of destiny. Gideon heard the voice of God. It called him out of a place where he was hiding, caused him to step out of his comfort zone, caused him to step into a place where God was able to meet with him. Mary, a lady who'd lived a sheltered life, she'd been protected, she'd been kept in purity, but she was now brought to a place where she had to step out of a comfort zone and, express, and live a life which now many of us, whether, regardless of whether we're Christian or not, know about. The voice of God calls you higher. But God never calls you without beginning to release something in your life. See, when you get called out of the comfort zone, it's so that things that are in you, that God has placed in you that have not been revealed can be revealed. If you find yourself sitting easy, if you find yourself looking at life, I have no concerns, no worries, I'm financially set, I've got my accommodation, you know, I've got my relationship, be it girlfriend or boyfriend or married, I've got my kids, I'm secure then you're in the worst possible place. 
because you're comfortable. You could be living in a place of poverty and every day thinking about how you can make your way, how you can make things work. You're in a very bad possible place because you are out of the comfort zone but without God. There's only one place to be out of the comfort zone and that's in the will of God. When God calls you out, he calls you out to release you more fully into who he's called you to be. He calls you out to release in you more of the gifts that he's placed on the inside of you. The reason it's called stepping out of your comfort zone is because the gifts that you know you already have are your comfort zone. Well, but God, you know, I go out there and I preach every single Friday night and I go feed the homeless every single Friday night. You know, I've given my time. I've done my piece. That's what God has gifted you so far. But what about going into hospitals praying for the sick? What about visiting old people? What about visiting cell members, seeing them get saved? What about your family that you still need to be saved? That's a gift that God wants to release in your life. That's the thing that God wants to do through you. Your comfort zone is the things that you're already good at. But God wants you out of your comfort zone so that he can release things that you're not yet good at. You know, for me, one of the great uh, places of growth was when Christian Lyth first told me to come up on the platform and give testimony. Up until that time, I'd never done any public speaking. And you're probably sitting there thinking, well, you know, it's easy for you to talk the way you're talking, Gabriel, because you, you speak well, da 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 Thank you. But when I started, uh, 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 yeah, um, I've lost my place. Oh, yeah, uh, and, um, oh, I forgot to say this bit, but it was meant to be back there. And, oh, you know, and I was horrific at communication. But God put me in a non-comfortable position, a place where I have to stand in front of a couple of hundred people and actually think about what I'm going to say and then say it right. And that brought me to a place where I was able to express that gift. Now this is easy for me. I can get up and just talk for two hours. I'm not going to do that today. But I could talk for two hours just off the top of my head because God has put that gift in me. But there are other gifts that he wants to release in me. And so... It might be leadership. It might be communication. You know, one of the great ways that the Lord is teaching me right now is how to be more compassionate and loving in my communication. Now, I can do the challenging well, which you just felt maybe five minutes ago, but I wonder if you'd still say that I was a good, compassionate communicator. That's something that God's bringing out of me. What is he bringing out of you? You might never have to stand on a platform. Pray you don't have to. You know, it's a difficult life. But you might have an opportunity to stand on a platform in your family. And live for Christ. You might have an opportunity to preach to the friends that you knew before you became a Christian and they see such a difference in you and it's an opportunity to speak. You might have a chance to go and get involved in the Olympics and perhaps have a situation arise where you can really bring the gospel of Jesus Christ. See, what happens is when you step out of the comfort zone, it grows you in such a way that you turn from saying, I wish, to I've been there, done that. When God brings you through a situation of growth, you can now say, I know how to do that. I've been there, I've done that, I know how to be excellent for God in that area. He wants to bring you to a place where you can grow strong. You see, one of the challenges is this. We might think we are strong when we are in the, in the comfort zone. We might think we are capable when we're in the comfort zone. But when you're pushed out of the comfort zone, you begin to realize how weak you are in many areas. And God doesn't want you weak in those areas. That's why he encourages you. That, that's why he pushes you. And think of the eagles that just get kicked out of the nest at a young age and they have to fly or they hit the ground. 
and then they go get picked up again and brought back to the nest and get kicked out again. God wants to bring us to a place of strength, strength on the inside. You see, Gideon came from a place where he thought, listen, God never is interested anyway, and my family, even if he was, my family were the smallest fry family. They were worthless in this, in this uh, people of Israel. They're the smallest ones, so I've got nothing to bring to God. And yet God took him from being a, a guy hiding to being a judge of a nation. God can take you from a place if you're willing to step out of your comfort zone and step into a place where he can use you. And it will require that you overcome obstacles and challenges. You might be sitting there thinking, well, you know, my obstacle and challenge to moving on with Christ today is my boss. So you're letting a man determine your destiny. Yeah, but you don't understand. You know, if I don't go to work, I don't get paid. You get paid for the hours you go to work for, 9 till 5, 10 till 6, whatever shift work you work. They try and make you work overtime out of guilt. Give them the big God bless you. God owns my time. I'm giving this time to you. That's what you pay me for. But you don't pay me for the rest. And I'm going to steward my time accordingly to make sure that I'm honoring God with my time. You might have another obstacle. Oh, my family, they stopped me coming to church. Or, um, you know, I, I have a stammer. Or, you know, I've just come from such a sinful background that I don't believe God can use me. Or, you know, I'm in a, in a situation where I've come out of another religion and I've become a Christian and my family are just persecuting me. They've left me poor. They've left me with nothing. And you expect me to go live for Christ? It's not me asking you. It's Christ asking you. But he gives you the strength to overcome obstacles. He gives you the strength to face the challenges. And the challenges are there because he wants you to fight through to see your purposes achieved on the other side. How many of you dream dreams? You've got big dreams. You've got big, big dreams. But how many of you feel like the dreams are far away? Don't worry. If you've got big dreams, it's all right. Because if you feel that they're further away, it's your situation, your circumstances, your adversaries beginning to try and block you from reaching those dreams. But if it's worth someone standing against your dreams, then it's worth you fighting for your dreams. Amen? If it's worth someone fighting against you to destroy your dreams, it's worth you standing and living for your dreams. I'm not going to bother wasting my time destroying someone's dream if they don't even know what they want. And not that I try and destroy dreams anyway. You know what I mean? But, you know, if I was, if I was the devil, which I'm definitely not, I would not waste time on people who don't have a dream. But people who have big dreams, I would try and block them. Why? Because they're going to do something. Because the thing is, when you start a dream in the Holy Spirit, you start to believe God for where he's going to call you. He's calling you to, he, the devil knows that God can bring that to pass. It's not a pipe dream. It's a dream that can be brought to pass by the Lord. And so he'll try and st stop you because you, you're the weakest link. But you keep your dreams. You keep going for your dreams. And you will see breakthrough. And you'll see what God is calling you to do realized. Maybe you might say that your obstacle right now is getting into a relationship with a non-Christian. How do you feel about that? Yeah, but I wanted to be happy and, you know, I needed, you know, they, and they were interested and I thought maybe God might get them saved one day. Get on your knees and pray and get them saved before you start dating. And if it's too late, get on your knees and pray some more until they get saved before you get married. Still no guarantee. 
<laughs> Still no guarantee. <laughs> Last point. That you hear the voice of God. That he begins to release gifts in you that you did not know you have. And he begins to help you overcome obstacles that are standing in your way. But this final point is that victory in Christ is guaranteed. If he's given you a dream, if he's given you a purpose, if he's aligned you to your destiny, then victory in him is guaranteed. Gideon, yeah, but God, how am I even going to overcome with 300 men against an army of a million Midianites? How am I going to do that? But in God, victory is guaranteed. Mary, all these people are going to be talking about how I, you know, I was betrothed to Joseph and I got pregnant and they think that I got pregnant by some guy and you know, I'm going to have to live the whole of my life with that stigma. But she knew that she lived a life whereby she brought the pure son of God into the world so that he could live a sin-free life and die on the cross for us. See, victory in Christ is guaranteed for us. Why? Because he has already caused every power and principality to be put under his feet. We're simply enforcing that reality here on the earth. Think about this. Every person that you admire has been through that process. Nobody gets things handed to them on a plate. You might think, oh, yeah, yeah, that, what are you talking about, Gabriel? You know, I've come from a poor background and the rich people, they get it easy. They still have to go through their own process, just like you're going through your process. Nobody gets to where they are just by accident. They get there because God has done something in their life. Every person you admire has been through the same process. Don't expect yourself to be different. Why? Because God wants you to grow through the experience. You don't go through the experience, you don't grow. You end up squandering what he gives you. I say all of that because we need to get out of our comfort zone when it comes to living for Christ in the world. We need to get out of this, keep my head down, let me not be bold about Christ, let me not take the opportunities to pray for the sick that come up, let me, you know, skip cell, let me just not go to cell because cell's optional. Cell's not optional. It's not optional if you want to grow in Christ because that's where you get discipled. I'm not discipling you right now. I'm teaching you stuff that you could take away and think about and apply to your life, but I'm not discipling you. I'm sharing the word of God with you. But somebody who gets alongside you and begins to ask you the questions, Steve, you know, do you stand up for Christ? In what context would you find that you would struggle to speak about Christ? Steve, why do you struggle? And get the answers out of him, I'm beginning to disciple him. I'm beginning to help shape his life so that he's living for Christ. That happens in the cell ministry. You know, in Scripture, they used to meet every day. Now, I know some of these people you don't want to meet every day. That's why we just have cell one time a week. But really, you should be having cell every single day. Maybe some of you struggle with the word cell. Okay, discipleship groups. It's not a prison cell. It's a biological cell. It grows. It multiplies. It gives strength to other cells, to other groups, to other people. But that's why we do that. So get involved in the cell ministry. Get involved in what's happening here in the church and start to ask yourself, why am I not standing for Christ? How can I stand for Christ? Why do I struggle in this situation, that situation? Is it because I don't know the gospel? Well, start to learn the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's simple. It's this. Jesus Christ, the Son of God, the Son of our Father who is in heaven. What that means is from the beginning of time or before time was even created, from the very beginning, the Father and the Holy, 
the Son and the Holy Spirit were in existence together. If they had a beginning, don't ask me where, who created God, because if they had a beginning, they would not be God. Okay, just reason through the logic. But the Son took on a human form. He lived a life like you and me with all the temptations that we face, yet he never sinned one time. He went to the cross on your and my behalf because he lived a pure life. He gave his life in our place. That's the story of a great man. But the story of the Son of God is that having given his life and died and been buried, on the third day he rose again and is right now seated at the right hand of the Father. You see, up until that point in time, he's like every other good man, but the reality of his resurrection, proved by the miracles which were exhibited through his life every single day, proves that he's the Son of God. Oh, but how do you know he was resurrected? Oh, because of the, how many is it, 530-odd people who saw him alive after he was dead, whose testimony is written down. Eyewitness testimony? Or maybe the experience that we have of him today by his spirit ministering to us and setting us free from sin and bringing us into a relationship with the Father. Maybe it's the miracles that are done through us in his name. There are many reasons to know that Jesus Christ is alive today, but that is the gospel. How many of you can recite that for me? Jesus lived, Jesus died, Jesus buried, Jesus rose again. That's the gospel of Jesus Christ. We need to start living from that reality. Cancel everything and get that as your priority and everything else will be given to you. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and your clothes, your food, the roof over your head, your future, your destiny, your family, your loved ones will be added unto you. That way around. Now that's guaranteed. That way around is guaranteed. So in summary, you need to be involved in the games. Step out of your comfort zone. Get involved in the games. Step out of easy life. Start a step into the miraculous. You know, that's for me what I want to see happen. I personally want to see God do more and more through my life in terms of miraculous stuff with people that have never heard about Jesus Christ. What are you dreaming for? What are you asking God for? There's a whole world of experience with God that you can ask him for. Don't settle for where you are now. In worldly terms, don't settle for studio flat when you can have a mansion. Don't settle for Skoda when you can have Lamborghini. Don't settle for this much of God. You know, some people wait until they're 35 to get baptized, well, 35 years as a Christian to get baptized and spirit-filled. That's meant to be a day one experience, not a day 3,700, whatever it is, times three, sorry. So that's nine. Let me wrap it up. If you've not heard a challenge like this before, if you've not heard that you need to make a decision to follow Jesus Christ, the Son of God, I want to lift that to your attention today. But you know clearly from what I've said, this is not just about a once, you put your hand up and then you go home and life is the same. Life must be different when you encounter Christ. 
So I want to challenge those of you who are here today. This is the first time you've heard this message. So we're all going to pray together. And I want to ask you at the end of this time, if you decide that you want to follow Christ, to raise your hand in the air. Okay? So let's bow our heads. Let's pray. Father, let's pray. Father, we thank you for your presence here today. We thank you that we feel your spirit challenging us to step out of the comfort zone. We're not doing it out of guilt. Well, we're doing it because of the reality of who you are. I want to pray for those of you who need to make a decision for Christ. Pray with me if you need to receive Christ today. Father, I thank you for what your son did on the cross. And Lord, I ask, Lord, that you would make it real to me, that you'd bring me to a place of revelation, that I would come to understand that your son has forgiven my sin. And because of his work on the cross, I can know you. And so, Jesus, I decide today to give my life to you. I ask you to make it glorious for you. In Jesus' name. Now, if you prayed that prayer, I want to invite you to put your hand up in the air while everyone's got their eyes closed. Just raise your hand in the air and say, I need Jesus in my life today. If you're here, I want to encourage you to put your hand up in the air. Got one lady over here. Anyone else? Anyone bold enough? Yes, thank you very much. Anyone else today? I need Jesus in my life. Father, we thank you for these two ladies who put their hands up. Father, we ask that you'd cause them to meet with you and encounter you in a, a way today which changes their life for your glory. And Lord Jesus, we ask you to bless them, release them fully into who you're calling them to be. And for the rest of us, Father, I ask, Lord, that you put a holy fire in our bellies. I ask that you start to stir us on the inside, Lord Jesus, that a conviction of the Holy Spirit, not a conviction of guilt, but a conviction of righteousness would begin to work in the hearts of men and women here today, that they would begin to assess life, Lord Jesus. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you would give people a vision, Lord, give them a revelation, Lord, of the stark difference of life in you and life in the world. And you begin to open people's eyes to the temporary nature of the things that they're giving their lives to instead of giving their lives to the things of God. And Lord, you begin to stir people, Father, whether old or young, whether inexperienced or experienced, whether disadvantaged or advantaged, Father, you begin to release them into the call of God upon their life. Lord, we need to hear your voice today. We need a transformation to happen on the inside, and it can only happen by your Spirit. And so, Lord, Lord, we ask, speak to us clearly. Start to release your gifting through us. Start to help us to enable the, uh, overcome the obstacles that have stood in our way, Lord, and cause us to bear much fruit for your glory. Let victory be assured in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big praise offering. Excellent. Well, thank you for being here today. It was great to have you here with us. Um, Fantastic that you missed the Wimbledon finals. Awesome. Um, but do join us next week. We're going to be talking about how to receive a prophetic word for your life, how to hear where God is calling you, the direction he's calling you into. There's a welcome team here. They'd love to meet you, help you find your place here in the church. Max and his team here. So do come and say hi to them. They'd love to meet you. And if you want to get involved in the social life here at the church, please do speak to them about that. Otherwise, God bless you. Enjoy the entirety of your Sunday. See you all soon. Please do make sure you ask God these serious questions as he asks you them as well. Thank you. Bye.